Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Welcome to the Compass Catholic Changemaker podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kano. On this podcast, we talk about how to live with our money as Catholics. Hi, Changemakers. This week, I'm speaking with Rose Sweet. Rose is a conference and retreat speaker, advanced certified life and relationship coach, and author of numerous books on relationship healing and strengthening. Rose joined me to have a conversation about dealing with money issues when you're going through an imperfect situation, such as divorce or dealing with second marriage financial issues. To learn more about Rose, please visit rosesweet.com. Welcome, Rose Sweet. Hi, Caitlin. I'm grateful for you being here today. For those of you who are not familiar with Rose, you have written some beautiful materials really meeting people where they're at and meeting people in their point of pain. You've talked about working through relationships, working through divorce. So can you give us a little bit about you, how you have landed in your ministry and how you are helping Catholics on the ground? Well, it's a beautiful example of how the promise in scripture where if we will cooperate with God, he'll take our dirty, filthy, stinky, ridiculous messes and actually bring something beautiful out of them. I grew up a cradle Catholic. All I wanted was a husband, home and kids. Um, And I love people. I love relationships. They're fat where people are fascinating to me. And I went off to try to find my happily ever after. And I found myself in short order with three marriages and divorces. Boom, 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 right at one right after the other. I came of age in the 60s and it was like, don't listen to the rules, throw out all that stuff the old priests and nuns and and your mom and dad taught you. Just figure it out on your own. And if it feels good, do it. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. And I never abandoned Jesus and Mary in my own mind, in my own little childish way. I loved being Catholic, but I really didn't know what that meant. I was probably about 12 years old emotionally, spiritually and emotionally. So I crashed and burned and I was angry. I was hurt. I felt betrayed. I had been used. I had used because I was trying to really use these guys in a certain sense to fulfill my dream. Husband, home, kids rocking chair on the front porch, you know, blah, blah, blah. Finally, when I was in enough pain, and that's the key, when we crash and burn, that's the time when our Lord can really reach in and grab our hearts and start to grow us up. 
and we start to want to know, well, what does it mean to be Catholic? Or what does it mean to be in love? And what does marriage mean? And how did I get divorced? So again, it's a time that we shouldn't rush through it, which we normally do, uh, that we should reflect and go into that wound and with the Lord and say, how did I get here? Where am I going? Please help me come out of this. So as I did that and began to grow up, uh, doors began to open to me to bring God's wisdom and God's healing and God's power to other people who'd been through divorce and all, all other kinds of relationship trauma and failure. Um, and I got to be a published author and on Catholic radio and TV and other TV. And um, I was like, wow. And then I was like, uh, this is a big responsibility. I better stay on course and make sure I'm really aligning my, just not my heart, but my mind and my intellect with the mind of the church, because that is the body of Christ. So it's been many, it's many decades now, and it's been a wonderful privilege to me to bring hope and healing to, to everybody who needs it, who wants it. Oh, that's wonderful. And you found this beautiful ministry and you've done phenomenal work. And like I said, you um, you have books, you do coaching and you really meet people where they're at, which is that point of pain. And that's when our heart is most cracked. That's when the Lord can get in. And something we talk about at our ministry is that money isn't everything. It's not everything, but it's in everything. And I'm wondering if that has been your experience with the people you've worked with. And then if that has been the experience, can you tell us how that relates to your personal journey? Well, money is, people think that money is the biggest problem in marriage, but it's not. Money is the symptom of the bigger problem in marriage. And the bigger problem is fear. And it is a desire for security, a desire for comfort, a desire for pleasure. And those desires are good, 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 good. And money gives us those things. So really, the problem is when we're hanging on too tight or we're bitter or we're arguing, it's because we're afraid of losing security, comfort, pleasure, and all the things that money can offer us. So there's the good news. Um, what, wanting money is not bad. It's the inordinate desire. It's the over-attachment to. And here's the old saying, it's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love, 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 love. Gotta have it. The love of money that leads to evil. Because now your primary focus on your whole happiness isn't God. It's money. Because that will get you comfort and security and pleasure. Again, all good things. But here's the Catholic thinking. All goods are to be enjoyed beautifully and freely, but not over and above our love and our desire for God, for our, you know, St. John of the Cross, one of my favorite Catholic saints and mystics says it very simply, the whole of our life can be summed up, the whole spiritual journey away from things and toward God. So when we're going way far away toward things that are good, then that's a sign that we need to come back to the middle and to be moving more closer to God. That's really interesting because when you read financial bloggers or you talk to any financial expert, 
and they talk about money and marriage. They'll say it's a lack of communication. It's a lack of not being on the same page with goals, values, not being in an alignment. And what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, which is beautiful, is that it all boils down to fear. Yes, you smart girl. What you just mm. said, what you mentioned about those bloggers uh, are true and they're layers, but they're the, they're stuff at the top. The root is fear. I'm afraid. And here's the thing about we women, we were made, and this is a, again, another generalization, but it's real true. Men are made for love and to protect, right? We are made for security. Yes, we want love, but show us your love by making us feel secure. We look to our husbands for that. And so when a husband leaves or is fighting us in court, it isn't just about the money. It's at the deepest desire of a woman to be cared for and to be given security. And he's this in our mind, he's ripping that away from me. And then, you know, our evil side comes out. And to avoid all that, and those are natural responses to fear, but we got to correct, discipline ourselves to go back. Okay, Lord, I hate this. I, this is not right. But you love me and you're going to provide for me. And I don't know how, and I don't even know if I trust you really, but I'm trying to, and thy will be done. Amen. And if it is our, you know, our spiritual journey to turn away from material things and turn towards the infinite turns towards God. And, and that is the purpose of our time here on earth. But we have this fear pulling us away. How can someone bridge that, especially when they're dealing with the person that they had taken vows to being on the adversarial side of ripping that security away? Yeah, the, we're, in, we're in deep waters here. And let me clarify, yeah. too, for your listeners um, that the Catholic Church doesn't teach to go really away from goods and material goods because mm -hmm. then the, we think, oh, those are bad, material world, bad. That's an old heresy. No, the material world is really good. Uh, and money is good. I love money. But I don't love it more than God. That's the difference. And so we can hold those two in attention. I love money. I love extra money. Um, I don't like being without money. But more than that, I love God and I trust God. So it, it's we find that hard to hold. And in my own life, it was like, okay, I lost after divorce. I lost my house. I lost my car. I lost my jewelry. I lost my good credit rating. I was so proud of my high credit rating, and now it like sucked, you know. And it's like yeah. even that is like, oh my gosh. So it was, but those things drove me to consider what's really important in life. I didn't, I was tired of being miserable. I was tired of being angry and scared. And that's what drove me to, to the Lord deeper into my relationship with him. So, and then I now, after many, many years of being single and getting annulments and all, that's another big long story. I did remarry my high school sweetheart. We met each other at a 40 year reunion and we started having arguments right away about money. And again, like you were saying about the bloggers, we did have to go through that. What are our values and what, you know, align that. But ultimately we had to make sure that there wasn't that underlying fear. You know, you're going to use me, you're going to deprive me. Um, so yeah, money. 
even in a beautiful, healthy relationship, money is still a thing. Like I said, it's not everything, but it's in everything. So for someone else who finds themselves in a similar situation, maybe this is a second marriage or they're dealing with, it's, you know, maybe not a clean slate. What can they do to navigate that and still be operating um, in, in a manner that's open to letting Christ interact within that marriage? Okay, we could do a whole workshop on this. I know. But, I know. but, but here's an example. Okay, so you're, let's say you've gotten your annulment and you're remarried and now the, your husband is paying this ridiculous child support to supposedly his children, but his ex-wife is spending it all on herself on ridiculous things, right? Now you're watching all this and you're making judgment. Well, you can be perpetually angry and hiring lawyers to get the child support reduced, or you can step back and go, this isn't fair, but he is, he is responsible for supporting his children. And that's a good thing. Um, she's not spending the money on the children like she should, but I don't have any power over her and God loves her and God is going to take care of her in his own way. I don't have to be God. I don't have to be the judge or the jury. Um, what am I really worried about? I'm really worried about if he spends all that money on them, is there going to be enough left for me? That's the real bottom line. We know intellectually we can move away from being bitter toward the former family. But it's really about our own fears. And, you know, it, if you have a roof over your head, food in the fridge, an insurance policy, that's about all you really need. Now, and I don't mean to say everybody should just live like, you know, paupers, but be thankful. One of the ways of countering your fear of not having enough or what you think you deserve is being thankful for what you do have. You know, even the little things like, oh, I love my coffee maker or this mattress on our bed is so comfortable and the yard is so pretty right now this time of year. You know, okay, you don't have the car that you want. You don't have the extras that you want. Your kids can't go to summer camp. Though you you have the right to be sad about those, but not bitter. So the difference is when something hits you in the gut like that, when, when your husband comes home and says, Well, honey, the courts say I have to pay more to her, you get to, you get the freedom to to respond in fear, anger, guilt, lon you know, loneliness, whatever. For about five minutes. That's what I say. <laughs> so don't let anybody make you feel ashamed that you had a natural reaction. But don't hang on to that and don't let that response lead you through life. Go back to what you know. Go back to what you believe. Life is not fair. Life is good. Life is not good. We're headed toward heaven and my primary responsibility is to have a heart filled with love and not bitterness. So again, that's a short little answer to a really complex problem, but I hope that helps. No, it does. And we have to go back to our values and go back to what we believe. And I originally had reached out to you because we're working on uh, making a landing page for the National Divorce Ministry, which is a beautiful ministry that is doing amazing things. And um, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit. There was an email that you wrote and it was mind-blowing to us because we just hadn't considered 
framing this landing page in such a way. And so can you tell our listeners, if you remember, and I can remind you, <laughs> I can look up in the email, but you had spoken about going back to having a set of core values as you're navigating divorce, rather than just getting lost in the numbers, making things fair. Because like you said, life's not fair and clinging onto your values. So can you expand on that a little bit? It, it was, I have to tell you, it was just mind blowing to all of us when we read that email. And we all said, we just did not have that lens. And having that little paragraph you wrote, I'm telling you has shifted the entire way we've approached this project. Well, you've used the word mind blowing twice now. And I'm impressed. It's a big one. I know. <laughs> I, I might I, need some more words, but it was really big. It was a big Thank deal. you. I can't remember mm -hmm. exactly, but I think it's because a lot of people who are trying to help the divorced are down on the ground, on the battlefield. They're tending wounds, they're listening to, they're wiping tears away. And at some point I have climbed up onto the mountaintop and looked out over the carnage. And I have a bigger view. And I know the immediate wounds and the immediate injustices have to be addressed, but they're not as big as they seem compared to us stepping back and allowing the Lord to lifting us up so we can survey the real situation. The real situation is what we learned in catechism as kids. God loves me and God wants to get me to heaven. He will never abandon me, but he never promised I would have, a, excuse the pun, a bed of roses in this life. And in fact, he said, if you love me, and want to be one with me, you have to pick up your cross and carry that cross with me. There's no such thing as heaven without the cross. St. Rose of Lima said it very beautifully. There is no other ladder whereby we climb to heaven than the cross. So divorce is a big old splintery cross. And a lot of the times we brought it upon ourselves and we're paying the price for it. A lot of times we're paying a price that's not fair and was not ours. Uh, regardless, holiness and happiness can come through the cross of divorce. It doesn't seem like it right now. You're not happy. You're filled with bitterness, fear, hatred, whatever. That's temporary if you allow the Lord to come in and move you out of it. And not just run on your emotions, but use your intellect. This is another Catholic principle that we have to deal, that we have to draw on when we're dealing with any trauma is don't let your emotions run the show. What does your intellect say? What does your faith say? What does the church say? What does your gut say? Not your emotions. Mm. Does that kind of address the issue? Yes. And that was, it, it's so true. And Divorce is emotional, very emotional. And I think you're right, especially those of us who help those on the ground. You get a little, you can't see the forest of the trees sometimes because all you see is every tree. And having that, that perspective of big picture is really helpful. So we have decided um, after that, just that one email that was just beautiful to take a step back and restructure our lens with this minute, with this program because it's not about the the dollars, the cents, the fairness necessarily with every single decision that a judge makes. It's about the big picture and it's about moving forward, even through divorce. So oh, we appreciate okay. that. And this is very Catholic. 
What if it is, it is about the dollars and it is about the cents mm. and it is about the judge, but it is also about the big picture. I think today in our culture, we're in a big mess because we've divorced those two things that always should be held together, the little details and the big picture. It's not one or the other. Mm. It's both held together at once. And that's a difficult thing for us to do in practice, but I call it the hot fudge Sunday theory. Okay, so tell me more. Is a hot fudge Sunday hot or cold? It's both. It's and. So there's two completely opposite mm -hmm. things held together in one. So divorce is about emotions, but mm -hmm. it's also about intellect. Divorce is about money, but it's also about heaven. Divorce is about fear and loneliness and anxiety, but also about the hope we have in Christ. So when we're moving toward God, we should never reject all the goods of life that he gave us as bad. We just have to put them in proper order. They're at the bottom and in the middle, and he's at the top. And we should be heading upward, not letting those things drag us down. Mm. That is a beautiful line to end on for today. That's <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much, Rose. That was very helpful. And um, I'm going to use mind blowing again, just because that seems to be the theme of the day. <laughs> but we do appreciate you. And can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about you or where they can get in touch with you? Go to my website, rosesweet.com. And I have been coaching people um, for many, many decades now. And I'm, if you call me up and tell me about your divorce situation, and I have never experienced it myself, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Because I literally have been the ex-wife, the new wife, the stepmom, the mom, in court, out of court, rich, poor, miserable, happy, everything about divorce. It's been so long. I have experienced it. And I think that's why God said, okay, you are in a position and I want to put you in a position. Keep your eye on me, but go out and help everybody else. Mm, and you're doing just that. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate your time today. So Thanks, thank you for Caitlin. being with us. You're doing a yeah. good job. Don't give up. It's so necessary. Thank you. I want to thank Rose Sweet. Rose, thank you so much for your wisdom and openness for today's episode. To learn more about Rose, please visit rosesweet.com. I invite you to go and hit that subscribe button and share this episode with a friend. Please visit compasscatholic.org and keep in touch with us by liking us on Facebook or following us on Instagram. Have a great week. God bless.